Well, good morning, Cornerstone. Would you stand with us as we worship together today?
got stuck. <laughs> well, we have a special Sunday this morning. We have a string quartet up here. Let's give it one more round of applause. Yeah. We're so blessed, but let's continue in worship.
I just thank you so much for that promise this morning, Lord, that we are your children, Lord, that we don't have to keep living in fear of the lies of the enemy about our identity. And I pray that as we continue in worship, Lord, that we just be able to sing praise to you for all you've done. We love you so much. on 
thank you so much for all that you did for us, Lord, for just the fact that you sent your son to die for us, God. We need nothing else other than to know that you are our Savior, Lord. I just pray for the message today as we talk about our nation and praying for it, Lord. I just pray that you'd help us to take something out of it and that we'd just be able to leave encouraged and in prayerful hearts toward our country, God. And we love you so much. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Yeah. Man, really blessed by this string quartet. What a great uh, group of young folks. Wasn't that nice? <laughs> Brought tears to my eyes. I'm kind of a softie that way, but boy, it was beautiful. Let me um, start out with a couple of announcements. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> How come you're not all at the beach? <laughs> you're heading there. All right, I'll speed this up. My name's Daryl Wells, I'm the creative director here. Thank you for coming, and uh, if you're visiting, welcome. What a great, uh, beautiful Sunday morning. Let me share a couple of things that are going on. We've got a concert coming up, I Am They. We've been announcing it for several weeks, but we're gonna keep it in front of you because it, this is the dynamic group of young people, and uh, a couple of them are from Carson City. They're locals, and they have uh, made it. They're stationed in, uh, in Nashville now, and they're on the road quite a bit, and we're very blessed to have them. So July 17th, we have tickets available on our website, cornerstonecommunity.net. Make sure you go there there and get your tickets. It's just 20 bucks for adults and 15 bucks for students. You look at the other dates that they're doing and those tickets are quite a bit more expensive. So we just wanted it to be accessible and, uh, you know, let them bless us in a very special way. So um, do we have that video? Just a little clip. Yeah. We should do the concert down at the beach. That would be fun. We just can't get all our gear there. So make sure you get your tickets. Next up, mops. Mothers of preschoolers. That's starting up again. Jessica, our children's director, is leading that. They had a meeting on Monday, June 28th, but you'll see July 27th. It's there as well. So make sure you communicate with her, Jessica, at cornerstonecommunity.net, if you want to get involved. That is a great ministry. I think we got one more, and on the heels of that, she's also leading the Ambassador Summer Soccer Camp. Great experience for the kids. It's going to be all week long that week, July 19th. I think it's Monday through Thursday, 9 to 3, and then Friday, 9 to noon, packed with a whole bunch of stuff. So make sure that you inquire. You can uh, email Jessica on that as well and get some more information, get your kids signed up. Okay, Tony is doing great, and uh, yeah. So Tony, we're praying for you. He sent me a little note. We got to visit with him just for a couple of minutes yesterday, and he said, um, please give the church an update on my progress. You can let them know that the pathology report has come back on the prostate, and the doctor believes the cancer was contained and removed. I'm recovering well and hope to be back to work the week of the 12th. He says, thank you for your prayers and love and concern for Teresa and I. We are truly blessed to have such a loving church family. So that's from Tony. Tony, we miss you. Great. Well, listen, 
we're going to talk about our, our, our country a little bit and our responsibility in that. And uh, before we do, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to somebody. So can we just make that transition, have a stand up and greet those around you, give them a warm 4th of July welcome. Thank you. Okay. It's going to get a clap. bottle of water. Could you have uh, Neil or Matthew? All right. <clears throat> All right, let's come back together. <clears throat> Remember where you left off. You can pick up with them at the beach. <clears throat> Not too often, the 4th of July falls on a Sunday, and uh, we get to reflect and celebrate the, uh, the freedom that we enjoy. And um, So I thought I would kind of pay tribute, start off the service with uh, a pa thank you, sweetie, patriotic uh, video of one of the uh, towering heroes in my life. So let's watch this. We had to memorize the preamble of that. I still remember it. You do? Yeah. Here, I'll show you. Hold the book on. Okay. All right, go ahead. Constitution of the United States. <laughs> well, just give me the first word and then I'll know the rest. Okay, we. We. We? We. Sure. I'm looking right at it. Oh, wait. We <laughs> the the we the we the <laughs> people. <laughs> we the people. We the people. We the people, we the people, of, of, we the people of the, the United, uni we the people of the United, Flag? Breathe. Mm. Wind. Mm. Wait. Mm. Star! States! States! <laughs> we the people of the United States. In order. In order. 
to form to a form a more perfect perfect you. you to form a more perfect you. Union. Union. In order to form a more perfect union. S. S. Ta. Ta. Establish. 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 You want to run through that again, or do you think you got it? I got it. You learn something, you learn it. <laughs> ah, I never get tired of that. I wouldn't do much better than him, by the way, reciting that. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, I come from a very patriotic family. A lot of military in my family. My grandfather served in the Marines in World War II. My dad and uncle were in the Army. Uh, my brothers, 24 years in the Air Force and uh, Airman of the Year twice. And uh, his son, my nephew, is now a career guy in the Air Force, and my youngest son is uh, in the Marines right now. So lots of military, very patriotic. And when we get together for um, family reunions, the conversation can get rather lively. We're pretty much all on the same side of the argument, but the passion still flows. And um, you know, things get kind of amped up, and every now and then I'll look over at my wife, and she has this look in her eyes. So I feel badly because she comes from a very um, calm family. And uh, so it was a little bit of a, a shock to her. Many of us believe that God established this country for his purposes. And it seems uh, to have gone astray. So what do we do to bring it back? And as I was reflecting on this, um, Second Chronicles 7.14 came to me. And it simply says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, Lord, these rich moments of worship where we can celebrate you. And Lord, we do give you all the glory. We're celebrating our country's birth, but... Father, you are the Lord of the universe, this country, our lives. We give you the praise and the glory. Father, um, unpack these words that you have brought and uh, just speak to each heart here that we can walk out renewed uh, with the hope that you give us and only you that give us and a determination to live a godly life for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's break this down a little bit. This text here is speaking directly to the Israelite people whom he chose, if my people who are called by my name. Exodus 29, 45 says, I will dwell among the people of Israel and I will be their God. Now the Old Testament, the people were identified by their name, usually by their father, right? Anybody watch the Hobbit movies? And you, you know, you, you, you listen to, you know, Thrain, son of rain, son of train, son of drain, son of brain, son of, and they just go on the son of, son of, son of. And that's what it is in the Bible. And that's how you knew your position in your community and your stature was by your last name. My kids have my name. Well, my boys do. 
My girls gave up my name for their husband's name. Whatever. <laughs> but there's an unbreakable bond when you're talking about the name and who we associate with. The time of the Second Chronicles, the Israelites alone were the chosen people of God, called by his name. But through Jesus, all of God's people are, are by his name through the Lord. Look at Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then Ephesians 3.6 says, This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise of Jesus Christ through the gospel. Christ created the way for us to be called by his name. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And we think of God of the Old Testament as this judgmental God. But when he describes humility and talks about uh, the humble people before him, we really see his compassionate side um, Numbers 12.3 says that uh, the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. And I like the NIV the way it says, he was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Now remember, that's Numbers, Numbers 12.3. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. How do, you feel, how do you think he felt when he had to write that? Are you kidding, God? I got to write that about me? I could just hear God's voice, write it. So he wrote it. We tend to associate the God of the Old Testament with that judgmentalism. But in Proverbs 3.34, it says, Toward the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. Now, I kind of have a general idea of what scorn means, but I don't use it much in my vocabulary. So I kind of wanted to look it up. And it actually says that it is an open dislike and disrespect, a mockery often mixed with indignation. You see that on the news? We have scorners in our midst. But Christ led by uh, example in humility and in prayer. Philippians 2.8, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Ephesians 4.2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, in Romans 12, 12, rejoice in the hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Does anybody see patience when they watch the news? Anybody dis displayed anywhere? No? It's sorely needed, isn't it? <laughs> I read a recent article. Let me read it to you. It's about a couple who called in an arborist to cut down half of the branches of a 16-foot fir tree. It was hanging over their driveway, according to reports. Now, I changed the names to protect the unfortunate the rest of the tree is in their neighbor's yard. However, their, their neighbor, Mr. Jones, said that the tree has been in his front yard for 25 years. However, during COVID pandemic lockdown, last March, Jones's neighbors reportedly asked to have the tree removed. More recently, the neighbors complained about the birds in the tree making too much noise and pooping on their driveway. So Mr. Jones said that he tried to work out a solution. We asked if we could get it trimmed back and put a net in it so that the birds would stop getting in, but there was no compromise with them. <laughs> they cut half the tree. So I used to, 
live by a saying that I had, it's better to be godly than it is to be right. And I failed that miserably several times in my life, one, one big time 13 years ago, and um, mostly because I lost, ho- lost hold of my humility and uh, my prayer life. I found myself fighting to be right, and I gave up being godly to do so. I paid a steep price. Had I continued to seek his face, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. Ephesians 4, 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Now we have a strong sense of right and wrong in this country. I think it's part of our DNA, our culture. We're founded on independence. We broke away from the mother country and you know, we're just not used to being dictated to, to how, how to live and how to, how to make decisions. I believe the, the sense of right and wrong and that sense of justice is part of the DNA of God that's in us. What we do with it sometimes is where we get ourselves into trouble. We see our country literally ripping itself apart. Why? Because everyone is fighting for their rights. And when we lose our moral compass, it literally becomes a free-for-all. It's very easy for believers to develop this righteous anger. But here's what scripture says about that. Romans 12, 19 19 through 21. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And go back and read, um, Brittany, go back one, um, one slide. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Can't I just heap the burning coals on his head? I get a lot more satisfaction that way. We don't handle our righteous anger very well. And I have a story about my distribution of my righteous anger. There are many of them, but I'm just choosing one. I'm not too proud of it, but it's a colorful story. I was in grad school, and we parked in a parking garage. And I had gotten there to park for my 8 o'clock class and waiting for a car to pull out. And I'm just sitting there waiting. Another car pulled around the other side. And so he saw me waiting. And the car finally pulled out and took off. And he went right in. Man, I was steamed. I circled back around. And in my righteous anger, I waited until he got out of the car, which he quickly did, and went into the building. And I pulled. I found another parking spot a ways away. And I was late for my class. And I walked by that car, and I know how many spare tires a car carries. So I loosened up the stem and flattened two tires. Teach that guy a lesson. That was my righteous anger. Man, I felt great for about 10 minutes. And then it was all downhill from there. I never saw him again and hoped I didn't. Um, But that was why righteous anger does not reside in us, or at least you know, the distribution of that. So there you go. 
And here's the cold water on that for me, Ezekiel 33, 11. It says, say to them, as I live, and this is God's words, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. See, we don't have that deep compassion for all life. We do for the lives in our, in our, in our circle, but for all lives. Nor do we have the discipline to manage our anger in a truly righteous way. We want to see justice done, especially when we're wronged. There's an example in um, Numbers 25. And if you've never read the book of Numbers, just because it's mostly about numbers, you're missing some great stories. And in Numbers 25, God is livid at the Israelite nation because they have gone off the rails in their wickedness and their sexual immorality. And so he instituted a plague, and it started killing the Israelite uh, people. And all around sexual immorality and the fact that they were worshiping Baal. And in the midst of this scene, Moses, Aaron, Aaron's son, Eleazar, Eleazar's son, Phinehas, they're all standing before the Lord. And as all this is going on, they watch an Israelite man come into the camp with a Midianite woman, and they were supposed to stay separate, took her into his tent to have sex. Phineas, in his righteous anger, grabbed his spear. He ran to that tent, ran into it, and jammed that spear through the both of them. Pretty graphic. The plague stopped. And God said, Phineas has a zeal for jealousy for me. 24,000 people died because of that plague. And Phineas acted in the moment, and it ended. Now, how does that relate to us? Fast forward. New Testament, Jesus, John 8, he's teaching. And the religious leaders come up to him, and they thrust a woman in front of him who was caught in the act of adultery. Now, they were expecting Jesus, get this right here, to condemn her to death because that's what the law dictated. Instead, he confronted them in their own sin that also deserved death and pardoned her sin and said to her, go and sin no more. Christ introduced and modeled the idea of hate the sin and love the sinner. You know, if Christ came up to me and I had my Phineas spear in my hand and I'm ready to attack wickedness and he bent over and wrote my sins in the sand, I would crumble in humiliation. And you realize if everyone followed Christ's lead, hated the sin but loved the sinner, we wouldn't have any cancel culture. Think of what the environment would be. Grace is always the more powerful, impacting tool. Christ modeled this in so many ways, one of which was to wash the feet of his apostles, which were the feet of sinners, by the way. What would it be like for you to drop the Phineas spear for Christ's hand of mercy? Would you rather follow Christ's lead and love the sinner while hating the sin, or would you rather be that guy? That guy. The, that guy. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, as we uh, prepare our hearts for communion. Lord, sometimes we feel like the nation being off track is beyond anything that we can do individually or even as a community. But Father, as you clearly have shown us to keep our eyes fixed on you, to humble ourselves to pray, to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways, no matter how much we think they're rooted in righteousness. And live the example of Christ and the grace that he modeled and displayed. Father, I pray that, um, that we can impact not only our own lives as we see you working in us, shaping us into a life of Christ, but Lord, as we affect others, may they see a difference. May they see a difference in how we speak with a gentleness, a tenderness, without any judgment. Lord, that uh, the posts that we place on our social media accounts, are they uplifting? Are they denigrating? Father, we leave it to you to judge this nation, its leaders, and everyone else. And Father, we count on you judging our hearts and our motives. Lord, I pray that we commit today to be a new day as we reflect on our country and the freedoms that you gave us, believing you had a special purpose for this, this nation. And Lord, just like the Israelites, we can see how we've gotten so far off track. And then for those of us in the church, how do we respond to that? Do we equal their wickedness with our own judgmentalism? Father, examine our hearts. We love you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have communion this morning. And um, I want it to be a time of reflection around this area. You know, Lord, what, what, what... I'm here, I'm breathing. You have a purpose for me. How can I serve you in a way that people can see Jesus through me? So I'm going to invite you to stand and come and take the elements. There's two platforms in the front and two in the back. And uh, self-serve, so just uh, find the nearest place and grab the elements. And, and then head back to your, to your seat and just uh, spend a couple of moments in prayer and meditation and reflect on the goodness of God and what he's given us. Many of us, I don't think, have experienced the turmoil that we see on the news, but we know it's uh, in our communities and in our land. And uh, ask him how he could utilize me, how he could utilize you, shape you to be the Christ with the, the hand of grace to those around you. Yeah, I invite you to come and receive the communion elements and then take the, take the elements on your own as you pray and then we'll come back together with some more worship.
the biggest thing this year, as I was um, just thinking about our nation, the biggest thing that's overwhelmed me as I've tried to like research and pray and learn um, about how to vote and be educated, I've just been so overwhelmed by my inability to fix it and the little impact it feels that we have on the turmoil and the brokenness in our country. And so as we were planning this weekend, I just really wanted to take some time to just pray for our nation. Because um, I think I've realized even just this week as we prepped that I'm not the one who redeems this country, but Jesus is. And this next song we're gonna do talks about that truth, that the government is resting on God's shoulders. And he's the one who we need to look to and lean on as we pray and seek redemption in this country and peace in all of the craziness. Um, so this next song, we're just gonna sing over you. You can stay in your seats and continue to pray bold prayers to the Lord. I just wanted to spend time thinking and praying and asking God to send his spirit on our nation to redeem the brokenness, to show us how to vote and how to act and how to treat those around us. And just, um, even if you need to get together with someone next to you and just pray for our country, I just wanna spend some time doing that, so. Together. 
us, Lord, that we get to live in a country where we can stand like this and sing your praises, God. We don't take that for granted today, God, but every day remind us how lucky we are to get to live here, God, and help us to use that advantage to bring your name to those in our country right now who are hurting and who don't know you and who look at the world around them and have a hopeless heart, God, because we know that you're coming and that you restore and that the government's resting on your shoulders, God. And I just pray that we'd remember that today, God, and every day that you are in control, that you're on the throne, Lord, and that we don't have to worry or stress or be caught in anxiety, Lord, because the government is on your shoulders and not ours, Lord. We love you so much, and it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we're going to sing one more song before everyone runs out of here. But <laughs> let's continue in worship. We're going to sing, oh, praise the name again. He shall return in robes of white, the blazing sun. 
with us, guys. So have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.